You are listening to the Anna Sabo Show, a podcast for Christian women, where we have conversations about God, gospel, and the matters of life. If you enjoy this episode, please write and post your podcast review today. And remember to share it on social media. Oh, by the way, the calm music I add to the end of each episode is for your thinking pleasure. Now, enjoy the show. Today we are talking about how to be fully human, a topic that is very close to my heart. Often in life we look around and we see other people presenting themselves on social media as if their life is rainbow unicorny and full of pink glitter and butterflies. So when you see these things around you and you look at your life, you feel crazy, you feel broken, you feel like you're the only one alone in this whole entire universe who doesn't have it, rainbow unicorny who doesn't have it with pink glitter and butterflies everywhere because you have fears, you have self-doubts, you have anxieties, you experience anger, you experience bitterness toward other people, you actually experience betrayal by by people. But when you look on Facebook and Instagram and everybody's smiling, you feel like you cannot share the truth about yourself. You cannot open up. You cannot be fully human because other people are perfect and their lives are also perfect. So I am guilty of that and I am the first to admit it. Actually, on Facebook Live, on my personal profile this week, I decided to open up about all these things and why I did it and when I did it and how I was not aware of it. As always on this podcast, I'm going to be completely authentic, vulnerable, and honest with you. And I'm going to share with you how I decided to to be like this, to be myself, to start accepting all parts of me, all of my feelings, all of my emotions, everything that comes with me being a human, and how Jesus did the same. Actually, this week at my church, The sermon was about Jesus refusing to take a cup of wine that Romans were offering to him when he was on the cross, about to be crucified, and he was suffering severely. He was in pain, and they gave him a cup of wine that had myrrh in it. Myrrh was actually one of the three gifts uh, offered to Jesus when he was born. So as, as he was a baby, myrrh was offered to him. And symbolically, I feel like it was for him not to feel human pain, not to feel human emotions, but he became fully human. Even though he was fully God, he became fully human to take on our dead that we owed and to pay it all for us. And there on the cross at the end of his life, he refused myrrh. Myrrh was a painkiller. It was offered to him to numb his physical pain. But just like Jesus did not numb his emotional pain throughout his life, and he felt all the human emotions, he felt all the human feelings, the same way there on the cross, 
he refused the numbing solution offered to him because he wanted he wanted to have our experience what it means to be fully human so you guys know from listening to this podcast and from following me on social that I was a sex addict and growing up in Russia I didn't have a lot of opportunities to feel feelings. Let me drink some tea. And as always, guys, if you hear me getting emotional, if there are long pauses on the podcast, please know that if grief overcomes me, I'll just take a moment and and then I'll talk again. So growing up in Russia, I was raised in a very abusive environment with adultery everywhere and I my mother was threatening me with suicide she was abusing me physically and emotionally there was police always in my home there were 10 of us li- living in a uh, four bedroom condo we were extremely poor but more so even more importantly than being poor financially we were very poor faith wise we were very poor maturity wise people in my family were very childlike and they really had not, nothing to offer to me so i had to survive in that environment on a daily basis and i um i learned to only experience anger and rage defensiveness so that i could defend myself and no other human feelings have i learned to experience and because of it i entered my adulthood with severe sexual addiction and i was drowning my daily anxieties and suffering in alcohol and sex i was detaching from my actual humanity and covering it all up with a big smile makeup nice clothes and high heels holding my head up high while suffering on the inside and refusing to face it refusing to deal with it until i gave my life to jesus in 2014 and i took on a celibacy journey and from there i learned how to face my own humanity i've been learning slowly it's been a process how to feel all these emotions that Jesus also felt so i actually wrote them um i wrote them down i'm not going to mention all of them but the bible mentions clearly that the feelings jesus felt were anger grief excitement compassion anxiety empathy desperation surrender and love Mark 3:5 portrays Jesus looking around with anger at religious leaders. He said to men, "Stretch out your hand." He, stre- uh, he stretched out and his hand was completely restored. So Jesus was angry because the le- religious leaders were concerned only to see if Jesus would actually break the rules by healing a man on the uh, Sabbath, which is when you're not supposed to work, so-called work, right? Jesus felt grief and John 11:33 describes it when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled 
John 11.38 continues to explain how when he stepped near to Tom of his friend, again he was greatly disturbed and Jesus wept. In Matthew 26.38, the verse says, Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Can you relate? Can you relate to those moments of overwhelm? Can you relate to, that, to those moments of anxiety? The moments of such deep sorrow where you feel sad to the point of death, that depression, maybe even suicidal thoughts. When I started experiencing all of these emotions, I was completely devastated. I felt that I'm the only one. I felt that it was unbiblical. I felt that it was not what I wanted, so I felt very resentful toward it. But once I started allowing my grief, my grief for the fact that my husband was not present in the marriage. At the time, I lived with him still, and I was going through biblical counseling and also trauma counseling. I worked with a biblical counselor who helped me focus on how to glorify God in my adversity and all the devastating life events I endured every day. And also trauma counselor who was focusing on working with victims of narcissistic abuse like me and kind of focusing my mind on the steps I needed to take to help myself as I was enduring mental cruelty every day at home. That's when I decided to just let God work through all of this, what was going on in me. And I decided to just face it. I decided to be depressed without judging myself for being depressed. I decided to be anxious without judging myself for being anxious. I decided to stop resenting all of these feelings that I could not consider positive, so I called them negative. And I decided to just be, be present in all of this. And one feeling that I was resenting was love. At first in my marriage with Michael, I did not know how to love him with all of the rejection I was enduring. And I did not know how to love him with him not being present in the marriage and calling his bicycle my other wife I cheat on you with and actually admitting the cheating part of it. All I felt was anger and rage and resentment and bitterness toward Michael. And then I started studying the love Jesus felt for his disciples and for all the people who even betrayed him. Even love for the people who he knew will betray him in the future because at that time I already knew that Michael was betraying me as he filed for divorce and I was still living with him and taking care of him being a wife to him, being committed to our marriage, and I wore my ring until the last day. I learned all of that. It was not like that in the beginning. In the beginning, when all of this started, I took my ring off and I gave it back to him, and all I wanted was to just run away and hide. And then I took on a love their journey. And I decided to commit to the love their journey. If you don't know what it is, you need to watch a movie called Fireproof. I took on a test at lovedairtest.com. 
And I learned that I did not know how to love because out of a thousand points, my score on loving ability was only 308. I did not know how to accept. I did not know how to have grace in the midst of all of this haze and messiness and abuse I was enduring. And through that journey of learning how to love and committing to loving Michael with my actions every day, no matter what Michael did, this poem was born. This poem is called What Love Is, and it was born in my conversations with God. Love is not a temporary feeling. Love is a commitment and a behavior choice. Love is a mindset of intentional healing. Love is that kind and patient inner voice. Love allows for acceptance and forgiveness. Love allows for plenty of mistakes. Love is an action. It's courageous and fearless. Love never fails and never forsakes. Love always honors and does good to others. Love is selfless and expects nothing in return. Love perseveres even when it suffers. Love is a skill set we perfect as we learn. Love is a privilege for those who experience it. Love is a journey and a special pursuit. Love is challenging, but it is resilient. Love is the first and foremost of the spirit fruit. And I have great news for you guys, all of you who is listening in Spain, in Italy, in the United States, in Iceland, Ireland, wherever you guys are. I just launched and made available all of these poems that I've been sharing with you on a podcast. I put them all on Amazon. So if you just go to Amazon.com and search hashtag poems from God, You'll see all my poems and you can purchase them as a gift for Christmas, specifically this one. This is called What Love Is. I cannot tell you how much I resented loving Michael. I was aware how much I loved him in my heart as a feeling, but I couldn't love him with my actions being loving toward him because he was so abusive toward me. And then I dropped it. I realized that at the end of the day, to my eternity, it doesn't matter what Michael is doing. It didn't matter to Jesus what his friends were doing and disciples and all the people who followed him everywhere. What mattered to Jesus was what he was doing. And what matters to my eternity is what I am doing. And another feeling I was um, rejecting was anxiety. Anxiety was something I was never aware of, and I had never experienced anxiety attacks. And here I was, full of anxiety, and just sometimes couldn't even breathe. I couldn't even focus on anything. And even in my divorce jury trial, I was having anxiety attacks publicly, which was ridiculous. Um, as I thought about it from my worldly perspective, but here's what Jesus experienced. Jesus was troubled in spirit when he told his disciples that one of them would betray him in John 13, 21. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. 
Mark 14.33 explains he took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Jesus agonized over the awful choice to endure or to escape the cross. As he wrestled in prayer, he was drenched in his own sweat, which ran like blood to the ground, Luke 22:44. So, anxiety is not new under the sun. Jesus experienced anxiety. He felt it all. He felt a panic attack, as you can hear described in the Bible. As I experienced anxiety and panic attacks, especially being humiliated publicly and having anxiety attacks in public in my divorce jury trial, I'll tell you honestly, I can relate to so many people now. And experiencing being fully human, I can understand now when other humans around me feel the same way. I can not only comfort them, but I do not have judgments toward them. But I did before. Before, if I had ever witnessed a panic attack, I would have thought that people are pretending, that they're lying, that this cannot be. Because I always believed in the mind power and positive psychology. And I tell you, it doesn't work. You have to process your emotions and feelings, especially when you're facing some devastating life adversity. And I'm so grateful for experiencing this part of my humanness because not only did it humble me, but it also opened up my heart and gave me the rivers of living water flowing out of my belly. Like all this biblical poetry that I now made available to the world, like they're all on Amazon, right? Hashtag poems from God and hashtag 52 devotionals. Because of all of this humiliating and, experience, uh, and embarrassing experiences, because of me finally facing my own humanity, I was able to understand other women's humanity. And I was able to experience the next level of compassion. And I cannot tell you how important it is to me. This is everything to me. To be able to comfort a hurting woman and to be able to say, it's not just you, it's me also. We're in it together. Let me walk through this pain with you. But most importantly, to look at the woman experiencing it without a judgment. That is, that is the biggest blessing ever. It truly is. Another um, part of my humanness that I was rejecting was irritation. I felt irritated with Michael. I felt irritated with these divorces that he continuously filed for. And I felt irritated with my irritation. But Mark 10, 14 describes how Jesus was irritated and expressed strong displeasure at his disciples. So, understanding that Jesus felt irritation, and that the Bible validates it, and that if someone who was fully God 
became fully human and in his humanist experience irritation allowed me to accept my irritation then helped me stop being irritated with my irritation and just face my irritation and just process the irritation itself um by the way i know it sounds very crazy but that's <laughs> that's what's going on in our subconscious mind that's what's going on in our heads and through meditation i became aware of my own thoughts and i was able to develop that watchful observer who can just observe without judgment like i said not being irritated at my irritation but just be irritated and process it i only became capable of doing it through the practice of meditation and developing the watchful observer and so if this is all new to you i'm sure your head is exploding now and this might sound completely crazy but if you dive deep into all of this if you start watching your own thoughts if you start noticing your own irritation with your own irritation then with time what you'll be able to do is to stop being irritated at your own irritation and just deal with your irritation stop being depressed about your own depression which actually really drags you into self pity and then suicidal thoughts and instead of all of this you can just be depressed and process depression and get out of it instead of being depressed about being depressed i think very important for me became my own vulnerability accepting myself as a human accepting myself as a person who is not always positive or happy as a person who experiences a range of emotions and feelings and is open to it without resistance and now like becoming this person who is capable of talking about all of this which is new to me as you know but also being willing to share it with others accepting this vulnerability accepting my own honesty and authenticity because when i listen to my own podcast sometimes i'm shocked like the podcast called tell me how you really feel i could not believe that i was even willing to share all of this with you tell me how you really feel is the most vulnerable piece of content i think i ever put out there and when i see on my live stream people listen to it over and over and keep coming back to it it really i don't know it means the world to me because tell me how you really feel podcast now it's also youtube video was very difficult for me to produce it's it was a three, three and a half hours of really just opening up completely showing up naked no covers just vulnerable and authentic just the way i am and kind of sharing everything with you and when i listen to that it's new to me about me <laughs> I sometimes cannot believe that it's me who is doing this but it doesn't come from me it comes from the holy spirit in my own power I would have never done anything like this I promise you so not resenting my own vulnerability and accepting it is also an incredible experience of being fully human that's what I want to leave you today like on this podcast I want to leave you with 
this idea that we do not have to pretend that we got it all together. Life is not all positive. Life is not all happy. It, if you, we have the idea that we are here to always be happy, it must be coming from just either our own false understanding of life or advertising that we see on TV and radio and where else on social media. Life is life. And it's a series of seasons. And life has its good and its bad. And I think the idea of life being always happy is what drives so many women to committing suicide because, and also so many women to becoming addicted to depression medication because once we start feeling a little bit unhappy or dissatisfied we think something is wrong with us and we immediately need medication or to kill ourselves but what we need is to stand on God's promises and trust that the new season is coming and trust that the season we're in is for us to persevere through. It's for us to learn and grow and be equipped by God for our future ministry because God does tell us in the Bible that he wants to comfort us in our affliction, such as depression, suicidal thoughts, anxieties, panic attacks, divorces, right? sickness, job loss. And then he asks us that we use that to comfort others, his children and his kingdom. So I want to um, leave you with this one poem that I wrote that's called Standing on God's Promises. And also it's available on Amazon if you just go there and search for hashtag poems from God. And after that, I really would like to pray for you. So here is the poem. Standing on God's Promises. Life is a series of seasons with moments of sorrow followed by happy moments. To question God, we have many reasons, especially when facing some devastating disappointments. Sometimes we question God's very existence or just His presence in our lives. We may confront the idea of God's goodness with resistance, especially when grief, our daily emotions, drives. Our emotions are not a very reliable source of information. How we feel changes often too randomly. That's why to confidently walk toward our destination, we need to immerse ourselves in truth extendingly. God's promises are the only solid ground for us to stand on. Everything else is unstable and temporary. His word is the truth for us to lean on so that our lives can be for His glory and extraordinary. Father God, we love you so much. You have infinite intelligence and we don't. We don't understand why life is a series of seasons. Why do we have to experience sorrow? Why do we have to experience seasons of depression, sadness, grief? We don't know, but we trust you. 
I'm praying right now for the woman listening. I want to lift her up in my prayer and I want to bring her hurts, her grief, her sorrow, her insecurities, self-doubts, disappointments, her frustrations. I want to lift them up to you, Father. You are sovereign. You are loving. You are kind. You know her heart. You know her past, present, and her future. You know why you have her where she is right now. You know what you're preparing her for. You know what you're teaching her in the season that she's in. And I pray for peace that passes all understanding. I pray for acceptance of the season that she's in and the emotions and feelings that she's experiencing. And I pray that through this podcast, she will be comforted with your comfort, knowing that she is not alone. She's not crazy. She's not the only one experiencing not positive emotions, not happy seasons of life. Knowing that I am right there with her, willing to share my pain with her. So she knows that she is not alone. So she can receive through this podcast comfort with which you also comforted me in my difficult season of life. I pray for the joy of the Lord that does not equate to happiness, but comes from understanding how you work, God how you work in our lives, how you work in the universe, and trusting your every promise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.